Congress has been on a spending spree for three years now, aside from appropriations. There's the American Rescue Plan, the CHIPS Act, the Infrastructure Bill, the Inflation Bill. It all means federal agencies have to hire somewhere between 80,000 and 100,000 people. My next guest says one department might offer clues to how to do that effectively. Bob Tobias is a professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University, and he joins me now in studio. And this hiring binge that the government is on is necessary to get these tasks done, but there's not a great record of hiring process quality in the government, is there, Bob? There isn't, Tom. And, you know, the numbers you just articulated of 82 100,000 new jobs is on top of the need to hire about 120,000 people just to keep up from resignations and retirements. So agencies are really, I think, feeling a, a lot of pressure to deliver the promises of that legislation that you just mentioned, especially as a result of this recent election cycle that amplified the legislative promises. So agencies are facing this need to hire up in a very, very tight labor market and an outmoded hiring process that is long, cumbersome, and often opaque to the applicants. I believe it's unfit for the highly sought knowledge workers in general, and particularly the Gen Z target audience born between 1997 and 2012, who are very, very used to fast action and fast decision, these childs of the iPhone age. So agencies want to fill these slots before the money disappears, and that's against the pressure and the need to resuscitate new employee training, onboarding that includes welcoming people, acculturation, mentors, how they fit in. All of these have to be renewed and resuscitated. And there's also the issue of the variety of jobs themselves. I mean, you mentioned there's a need to replace people that are leaving. Well, where do you find people that are experts in the arcana of the tax code that want to go to the IRS, for example? Where do you find people that are willing to risk their lives on the border to replace border patrol officers? So, I mean, just the range of things is is pretty vast. Every single agency has been affected by both the legislation, the new legislation, filling replacement jobs across the federal government. So every single specialty, and you mentioned the IRS, where is the IRS going to get the kind of quality tax auditors it needs to go up against big corporations? Where is it going to get the people to go out and collect taxes in person that they have lost over this period of time? It's a very, very tough labor market. And with respect to the ability to hire, agencies do have lots of hiring flexibilities. I mean, OPM regularly reminds agencies there's 124 different flexibilities outside of the standard merit systems-based hire. And those all are within the merit systems-based hiring also, but they do have flexibilities they often don't use. Well... You can't use a flexibility if you can't find a person who applies. So the first step is to get people to apply, and then you might have some flexibilities. Right now, agencies are facing this huge problem of competing in a very, very tight labor market. So getting people to apply to the federal government, and particularly these young folks who are the target audience, is really tough. And what we've also found is that 
when the federal government does, in fact, hire these Gen Z folks, they leave very quickly. So their turnover rate is about 12% as opposed to 6% turnover rate for government-wide. We're speaking with Bob Tobias, a professor in the key executive leadership program at American University. And let's talk about the State Department because they have been on a hiring binge, you might say. I don't mean to judge with that word. But they also use internship programs in a variety of areas of State Department, from diplomacy itself to diplomatic security. And that's been one of the ways they have brought in people in the collegiate stage of life. And then those people are eligible for full-time jobs at State Department. They are doing that, Tom. And I think they're also doing something that's very interesting with respect to the current workforce. So rather than seeking only people from the outside, they are training the current workforce. They're upskilling the current workforce in the areas of cybersecurity, global health, and climate change. So they're training their existing employees and they're reinstating something that Colin Powell created called training float. So people who are getting this very sophisticated training are pulled off of their regular jobs so they can focus solely on doing the training. And there are enough people to fill in behind them while they're doing the training so they're not half present in this very, very highly sophisticated training. I think it's a double hit. One, current employees get to upskill into new jobs and the public doesn't lose while the training is taking place. Yeah, so that's really finding what was the expression from decades ago, acres of diamonds in your own backyard. You have the people, and presuming they have the brain power to do one job, if you can motivate them to learn another one, then you've got the people right there, right under your own nose, and it's a matter of training rather than of hiring. That's exactly right. So you don't have the expense of the hiring, you don't have the expense of the initial training, and you can focus on giving them the skills, the new skills that they need to be successful in new jobs in the State Department. And you hear a lot about Generation Z. I don't think they can hire 11-year-olds yet, but the older Zs you know, that are coming into the workforce. And the Zs and the Z pluses, whatever, the people in their 20s and 30s now get a bum rap sometimes. I mean, they're incredibly motivated. They're very smart. And they're very level-headed and clear-eyed from what I've been able to discern. They're great to work with. But should the government worry about having so many of them in the first place? They tend to move around. They tend to try things. Maybe it's better to just say, look, we're not going to get that generation of 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds. When they hit 35 and want to settle down, have a clear idea of what they might want to do long-term, maybe that's the time to try to get them in government. Well, maybe so, Tom, but the fact of the matter is they're only 2% of the federal workforce right now. There's a lot of room for these folks, and as you suggest, they're highly motivated. But I think the federal government has to adapt to these folks. They want to participate. They're highly motivated, and yet they're interested in a work-life balance, and the State Department is advertising now and taking into account the need for work-life balance, something that has never been publicly articulated before. And they're also, based on their pandemic experience, making clear that people can work at home. So I believe the State Department is a model for adapting their 
workforce policies to the needs of this new generation of employees. And there's one more aspect to this, and that is if you want to get in a lot of the Z people, the younger people, you need the managers that know how to manage them properly so that you get them to stay and that they don't walk into something that seems like a bureaucratic straitjacket. Well, that's correct. The fact of the matter is the current federal workforce is aging, and even first-level managers, second-level managers are much older, and they find themselves trying to lead their kids. And uh, we always find that it's hard to lead our kids. So unless I adopt a different approach to meet their needs, I'm going to fail as a manager. Bob Tobias is a professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. Some great insight. As always, thanks for joining me. Thanks a lot, Tom. It's good to see you. And we'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to The Federal Drive wherever you get your podcasts. As a parent, no two days are ever the same. And let's face it, sometimes a little extra help goes a really long way. That's what's so great about Care.com. They make it easier than ever to find local, experienced, and background-checked childcare to help manage your family's ever-changing needs and schedule. From nannies and babysitters to daycare centers and tutors, find help for long- or short-term support. Whether you need an after-school sitter or help with the homework, there's a large selection to choose from. And all caregivers who use Care.com are required to complete a background check before they're able to interact with families on the platform. It's so easy. Just go to Care.com and post a job for caregivers to apply. You can search for qualified candidates, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, and send messages directly. You can even find other kinds of care, including housekeepers, dog walkers, and caregivers for seniors. Find care for all you love. Sign up now and see why over 3 million families use Care.com. Visit Care.com today. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now.